Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. I hope you had a wonderful summer. We're now in the month of Elul and this is a month in which the king is in the field and um, it's more approachable. So all the Torah learning we can get this month, uh, all the growth we can accumulate this month, every little mitzvah we do this month, month counts tremendously. And uh, today we will uh, continue learning Perkia Vot, Ethics of the Fathers, which is really the, 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 the foundation of, of the way in which we live. It teaches ethics, it teaches morale, uh, how to be a righteous human being in this world, which is so hard today. And uh, we continue today with chapter 5, Mishnah 3 in which it says there were ten, generation, 10 generations from Noah to Abraham to show the degree of patience for all those generations angered him increasingly until our forefather Abraham came and received the reward of them all. So here we see that uh, indeed this, uh, this Sefer, this uh, holy book, really uh, gives us the way, the tools to live an ethical life. And how does the knowledge of Abraham receive, the, uh, that Abraham received the reward of the, of, the, of the past generations promote this goal to us? How, what is the Mishnah teaching us? What is it telling us? So in the previous Mishnah, to go back a little bit, Mishnah number, number two, there were 10 generations from Noah, from Adam to Noah to show the degree of his patience for all those generations angered him increasingly until he brought upon them the waters of the flood. So the, 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 the previous uh, Mishnah uh, also teaches us something important. It's teaching us that God has a lot of patience and at the end if people don't turn around and they don't mend their ways, eventually something cataclysmic has to happen so people will come back to God. This is what the last, the previous Mishnah is teaching us. And we're, we've learned a lot in the Hasidut and in Musar, which is two ways of, uh, two Jewish uh, ways of looking at life, the philosophy of, of Jewish life, that there is no character trait that needs to be totally rejected. So we've learned uh, in other classes, in, 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 in Parasha, in other classes I have given you, we have learned that everybody is born with certain characteristics. We come with a certain makeup. It's not our fault that we're born with certain uh, character traits that are not so, we would say, so uh, good. Sometimes people are envious by nature. Some people are uh, greedy by nature. Some people are angry by nature. And this is not really their fault. They're born like this. This is the way we're wired. Hashem wired us like this. But what this Mishnah is teaching us is that we should not reject our character traits. They're there for a purpose. Uh, all these characteristics that would seem like uh, evil characteristics or not good characteristics in a person can be turned to the right way, to live in a right way. So for example, if a person suffers from a lot of anger, this anger is, is a propeller for a person to make changes in the world. Like if a person is, a, is fed up with the garbage in the street and he gets angry every time he gets into the street and he sees all this garbage going around, then that anger, if he's, if he's channeled in the right way, he can like build a, a cleaning company for the city 
or he'll create an organization that will give uh, give rewards to people that clean the city or uh, will look for volunteers to clean the city. We'll do something positive with that character trait. So rather we should be able to channel our traits towards desirable rather than undesirable goals. The, whereas we think of anger as being bad, as I said before, it, it is good if it's, if it's used to, to fix injustice in the world. So envy or any other, or uh, of another's belongings is bad, like to be envious of a person, to be jealous of a person is one of the commandments. Uh, we should not covet, I think it's number 10, we should not covet another person's uh, belongings, it's, it's a no-no, but uh, if you use it for spiritual purposes, then it's a good thing to have. Like a person that naturally is, is geared to, uh, towards envy, instead of looking at what other people possess, they should look at, uh, at a person that they really um, look up to, a person that is uh, someone to look up to, and, and, and think, you know what, I would love to be this way, I would like to be like this person. I, spiritually, look at how much she has achieved, look how much she knows, her knowledge. You know what, I, I, I would love to be like this person, I'm envious of her. So that's a good envy, because that envy will propel a person to change, to change for the good, to be better. So we know that a Midrash where Moses is quoted as having said that he was born with some very undesirable uh, character traits, but that he re redirected them to the refined, to be refined and noble. And this is a story in the Midrash in which a king sends um, a person that has the capacity to paint a person. Uh, he, he, I don't remember the name of this uh, of this trait, but this artist was able to paint Moses in a way that you could see who the true Moses was. And when he came back to this king with this portrait of Moses. The king was astonished. He looked at the portrait. He says, "What I've heard, this guy is like a tzaddik. He's like a saint. He's the most humble person on earth. And what I see in this painting is that he's not humble. He's uh, he's he's proud. He's." Everything they say he is, he's not. Look at the painting. So he goes, this king says, I have to go and meet Moses by, in person. I have to go and ask him. So he goes to Moses and he takes the portrait that he shows it to him. He says, look, I've heard that you're the most saintly person that there's in, on earth. You're the most humble person. You're the kindest person. But this portrait shows me that you're something different, that you're all the, the, the opposite from what they say you are. And Moses says to him, eh, the, the painting is correct. I was born with all these characteristics, these, these natural tendencies that are not good, but I worked very hard on myself to transform them and use them for the good. So, so this is what this Mishnah is trying to tell us. We see here that when it says there were 10 generations from Noah to Adam, we see that from Noah to Abraham, I'm sorry, Abraham was not created, uh, created fully formed like Adam. Like Abraham came from the most pagan father. Like the father used to sell idols and we used to idol worship. And we, we see in the Midrash that when he was a little kid, he destroyed his father's store. Uh, he destroyed all the idols. The father said, what happened here? He says, no, they started fighting between each other. They killed it, they, themselves. This is what he said. But, uh, but uh, we see here that even though hereditary Abraham had these dispositions, 
he fought against them all his life to the point that he became the epitome of hesed, of kindness. And, um, and we see here that the Hasidic writings state that hesed, benevolence, and love are outflows of the same divine emanation. And when they're directed properly, the love is expressed in love of God, love of Torah, and love of your fellow man. Love of justice and righteousness. When misdirected, love and uh, love and uh, can result in gratifying all, all one's animalistic desires. And when one indulges in food because one loves it, like when people say, "I eat chicken because I love chicken," like. He doesn't love the chicken. If he would love the chicken, he wouldn't eat it, right? He loves what the chicken makes him feel. This is what he loves. He loves the, the, the pleasure of eating chicken. So he indulges, indulges in it for love. When one is greedy or when one hoards money because one loves it, right? So paganism is replete with uh, overindulgence. The, uh, and the deities, the pagans, worship, indulge, uh, indulge in sensualism. So this is what paganism is. This is what idol worship is. Anything that makes you, uh, like, you see people today, they're health, health nuts, okay? And they're so into the health, into the health, and they think that if they eat this and they eat that, they're going to be healthy. They're putting their, 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 their strength in the, in the food, but not on Hashem. Hashem gave you the food. Obviously, He gave food that make you healthy, and make, there's food that don't make you healthy. But the one that really gives us the food is Hashem. So they're indulging in what God gave them, but they're not thinking about God. And this is, in a way, idol worship. So, so he says here, uh, Rabbi Tversky, uh, in his book, The Visions of the Fathers, that the, that the inheritance of Abraham, which he was able to redirect so that he reached the zenith of Hesed, of kindness. In history, we, re we read about the alchemists, that they tried to convert gold, in, um, uh, any element into gold. Abraham, in a sense, was a spiritual alchemist because what he did was he took the base desires that he had ingrained in him from, from where he came from because we have things that we, we, they're hereditary, they come in our DNA, there's things that we learn from the place we're born uh, that, that affect us. And he took all these desires and he converted them into the desires for the closeness of Hashem. So we see people are addicted, addiction. Everybody suffers from addiction, everybody. Either it's a cigarette, or it's the drink, or it's the food, or it's the iPhone, or it's the computer, or it's the Facebook. Everybody, there's worse addictions than others, but everybody has ingrained in them this, char this characteristic. And the whole purpose of having addiction is to be addicted to God. Because if Hashem wouldn't have created addiction in us, then we would never have the need to connect to Him. And the, and the need to re, be reconnecting to God all the time. So, so he took the love which they used for self-gratification, Abraham, and he converted it into Hesed. And uh, Abraham received the reward of the past ten generations because they were derelict in that they failed to use their traits and energies properly. So when he was able to transform ten generations of bad character traits and transform them into kindness, 
That's why he received all that reward. And when Abraham did direct them towards Kedusha, towards holiness, he reaped the reward and they, and they might have earned had they done so. So the only thing that people had to do was take all that negativity that's in them and turn it into positivity. That's all they had to do. But since they didn't do it because they were so busy with their egos, with their personal gratification, that that's when they lost the boat. So, so while there is no question that our parents certainly have a significant impact on us, we are not wood, wooden puppets whom they fashion. You know, there's so many people that can't get out of their situations because they're so locked in, 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 in their past, in, in their homes, in the way they were treated, in the, in the way they were brought up, that they can get out of that. And the reality is, is that you can get out of it. You, you know, there's a, an experiment they did with an elephant since he was a baby. They, they tied him to a little stick that was uh, put into the ground and this elephant couldn't move. When he grew up, he was much, much, uh, much um, stronger than that little wooden stick. Like he could have just pulled it out and leave. But since he was indoctrinated, since he was little, that when the stick was in the ground and he was tied to it, he couldn't move. When he was old and he was, I don't know, 500 pounds, he couldn't think that he was able to get out of that. And that's what happens to us. It's the same thing. We put these barriers around our heads that we think that we're doomed and we are stuck in a certain situation that we can never get out of it. But this Mishnah is teaching us otherwise. It's teaching us we, we're always able to get free if that's what we desire. We can always find a way out. So, so we have, the, we have the, the capacity to make changes in ourselves and even revolutionary changes to, uh, and, um, and, and, and we see that it's easier for us to blame our parents to say no I'm like this because of them and, and in a certain way it's true but being responsible for your life and taking charge of your strengths and your capacities that's work and but we're able to do it if we really will to get out of it and um, so Abraham did not turn out to be what Terah raised him to be. This, this, and this teaches us that our early life experiences, notwithstanding, will have the capacity to become that which, that which we should be. So we all have a purpose, we all have a mission, we all have potential, infinite potential. Once you, you're here and you raise up to here, then you can raise up to here. And once you get here, you can get here. There's infinite potential in each one of us. And that's what this Mishnah is trying to tell us in this month of Elul. So important to recognize this truth and, and to know that we can, we can get out of any situation and not only get out of it, but we can transform it for the good. So I leave you here. I wish you a blessed week. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.